Welcome to the Resilient Mind Podcast. In this episode, you will be listening to Take Control of Your Life with Brian Tracy. Get access to the Resilient Mind Journal by clicking the link in the show notes. Enjoy. Taking charge of your life. One of the most important decisions you ever make is to move from child to adult. We're conditioned from infancy to see ourselves as children. With children, there's other people in charge of our life. They make our decisions for us. They tell us what to eat and when to eat. They tell us when to go and when to come. They buy our clothes for us. They take care of us and so on. So we are conditioned, if we're not careful, we're conditioned to see that we are provided for by people other than ourselves and that we are told to go here and come there and go there and do this, we're conditioned to feel that we're supposed to be told what to do by big people, by other people. Most people never get over this. They never make them move from child to adult. And when they grow up, they think that somebody else should be taking care of them, a boss, an employer. Soon, and the worst of all is a government, government should be providing for me. And I don't care how they provide. It doesn't matter what they do, but I think they should provide for me and take care of me. And so we remain children all our lives. Steinbeck wrote a book, wrote a story many years ago, which I was required to study in high school. It talks about a young man who now has to make a big decision and she says her friend says but he's only a boy she said a boy becomes a man when a man is needed i've seen boys 40 years old because a man was never needed and it's the same thing a woman becomes a woman when a woman is needed and there are women 40 and 50 years old because a woman was never needed they would continually look for someone else so we say the slogan of the totally responsible person is if it's to be it's up to me if it's to be it's up to me We do not look to other people as the solutions for our problems. And what we do is, uh, Henry Ford said, never complain, never explain. In other words, if you're not happy with something, change it. But don't complain about it. Complaining is a sign of weakness, but it's also a sign of victimhood. A person who complains is saying, basically, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Somebody was talking to uh, the actor who plays Aaron in 24. I had lunch with him on Tuesday. Uh, with Nathaniel Brandon, he was saying, and he's become a speaker as well, he's saying you can always tell when people have their lives out of control when they talk about what things that are being done to them. He did this to me. She did that to me. They did this to me. The company did this to me. He said they're always saying, I'm a victim. I'm weak. I'm little. I'm ineffectual. I'm a child. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Please feel sorry for me. And what this does is that it guts your self-esteem. It just takes away all your motivation and all your self-confidence. So even the choice of words can be very bad. So we say there is a deep valley between maturity and immaturity called the valley of excuses. And this is one of my contributions. And we say that in life, you you come to this valley, this canyon, and on this side is childhood and immaturity. And on this side is adulthood and maturity. And this is the canyon. And you come to the, this, you come to this point and you have to make a decision to take the big leap. But what most people do is they take the leap tentatively and they try to cross the canyon of excuses. And this is the canyon of excuses. They try to cross it in two jumps. And they end up in the valley of excuses. And the valley of excuses is one of the greatest obstacles to success in adult life. We make excuses. I often say that the 80% of the population goes to Sunday Isle. Whenever they think of a change they want to make in their life, they go to Sunday Isle. Someday I'll do that, and someday I'll write that down, and someday I'll buy that book, and someday I'll upgrade my skills and lose weight and get out of debt, and someday I'll change my lousy relationship, and so on. And then they end up in the valley of excuses. So your job as a fully functioning adult when you reach here is to make a leap to the other side. And once you made a leap to the other side, there's no going back. And this leap 
of accepting total responsibility for your life is scary. And that's why most people don't do it. It's also exhilarating because it liberates you to say, I am in charge of my own life. It's me that's in charge. So your job is to leap over the valley of excuses, accept total responsibility for your life, and never go back. And never go back. The, the, we, the disease, excusitis, which is an inflammation of the excuse-making gland, <laughs> is invariably fatal to success. The reason that people don't succeed is because they have excuses. You cannot imagine a leader weeping, whining, crying, and making excuses. As, as Mark Twain said, there are a thousand excuses for failure, but never a good reason. So one of the things that we do is there's no more excuses. Either do it or don't do it. Get in or get out, but I don't make excuses. And so we say number uh, six, acceptance of responsibility is not optional, it is mandatory. I mentioned this before, but I cannot be too emphatic, is that you can only give away control. You cannot give away responsibility. You remain responsible for yourself for your entire adult life. You can give away control by make, trying to make someone else responsible for your life, and you do, and then you wait for them to tell you what to do or what not to do or to give you a raise or to promote you or demote you or hire you or something else, or you can accept responsibility. And accepting responsibility is mandatory. You cannot go any further. You are literally blocked in place, almost like there is a wall in front of you until you accept responsibility and make the leap and never make another excuse. So we say that the word responsibility can be broken down into two words, response and ability. It is your ability to respond. The challenge response theory of history is a, is a fascinating part of history that I came across in studying the work of Gunnar Myrdal, who got an Academy Award for his work. He said that every civilization in history, he said every civilization in history began with a small tribe uh, of uh, sometimes as small as three. The Mongol, uh, history, the Mongol Empire, which was the largest empire in the history of, of man on earth, which extended from the Sea of Japan all the way to the Danube in Europe and all the way through the Middle East and all of China and half of India, started off with three people. Genghis Khan, whose name was Timujin, his brother, his, his mother Bortai, and his, and his brother. Anyway, there are three of them. The tribe had been wiped out. They ran into the Gobi Desert and hid. And what uh, Timujin did was he sought out the tribe of his, and so, so what happens is every single tribe that became an empire started off with a major challenge to which they had to respond effectively. Well, this was a major challenge. The tribe was wiped out. So he responded by joining his uncle's tribe and becoming a valued member of his uncle's tribe. And if you respond effectively, the empire would grow. If then th that tribe was attacked by other tribes, if they responded effectively and won, then the empire would grow again. As it grew, it would keep bumping up against other tribes and other kingdoms, and there would be conflict. And if they reorganized and responded effectively, they would grow again. And this would continue, and it would continue until they no longer were able to or had the will to respond. All of the last 26 civilizations in history, 25 collapsed from within. The 26th great civilization is the American civilization. And they all collapsed from within because they became weak. They, they collapsed like, like Rome collapsed on bread and circuses, welfare for the masses, buying them off with massive taxation on the ones that were productive until finally they gutted themselves from within and the barbarians came from outside and just took over the city and the Roman Empire disappeared. 
Well, in our life, every time we respond effectively to a challenge, we grow and become stronger. And we become more tenacious, and we become more confident, and we become more powerful. So the only thing that we can be sure of is challenges. Your life will be one series of challenges after another. They will never stop. They will come like the waves from the ocean, problem after problem after problem. The only question is, can we respond effectively? And if you do, you continue to grow. As soon as we stop responding effectively to the challenges of outside life, what happens is we begin to implode. So whenever you have a challenge, remember, uh, you just say, well, here we go again. This is what I do. I respond effectively to challenges. And the wonderful thing is, and I learned this in the metaphysics, make the decision that no matter what happens, you will respond effectively. And pre-program yourself so no matter what happens, I respond effectively. No matter what problem I have in life, I take charge of it, I accept responsibility, and I respond effectively. If you make that decision in advance, then when the problem occurs, it's almost like they push the automatic button, you're already set, and you respond effectively. You don't even have to think, what should I do in this situation? You just respond in an effective way. You don't get upset or angry or weep or cry or lash out at other people. What you do is you say, it's a problem, so we respond effectively. What do we do from here? Very, very important. This attitude is the attitude of the leader. So civilizations grow and decline to the degree to which they meet challenges and respond effectively, just as individuals grow or decline to the degree to which they meet challenges effectively. So the three areas of life where responsibility is essential. First of all is the political area. The more you vote for politicians to do things for you, the more you give politicians control. And unfortunately, every civilization in history has elected politicians who promise to, to rob from Peter to give the money to Paul. And as they say, when, when, when someone promises to rob Peter and pay Paul, they will always have the support of Paul. Okay, And basically, this is modern politics in the Western world today. Japan has almost collapsed on this. Most of the other Western countries are in a state of bankruptcy or collapse because the politicians are too weak not to give people what they want, which is free money. So whenever you vote for somebody who promises to give free money to other groups, remember, they're going to get it from you. And what happens is the less money you have, the less power you have over your own life. The second area has to do with the economic world. The economic world is where you accept, you become an economic adult. As an economic adult, you take charge of your own career. You make your own career decisions. You don't hope that somebody else will give you a job and a place to sit and tell you what to do and what not to do. You see yourself as self-employed. You see yourself as in charge of your own personal career. I write on this on a regular basis. I do books and articles on it because there's so many people going through unemployment. And what they do is they go hat in hand and they say, please hire me. Please give me a place out of the cold. Please give me money for something, please. And instead of taking charge of their lives, they look upon someone out there who's supposed to be responsible for them. And this just makes you a child. And you switch the childhood focus from your parents to your boss, and your boss becomes your new parent. Uh, and the third area is health and wellness. As many of us do not take good care of our bodies, we expect the doctor to take care of us once we become sick. If there were no doctors, or if you were in a place where doctors were very hard to come by, you'd probably take much better care of your health. But responsibility, taking charge of your life, is very important because there's a direct link between responsibility and self-esteem. Is the more responsibility you accept, the more you like yourself and the more powerful you feel. The more you blame your problems on other people, the weaker you feel and the less you like yourself. The two go down in tandem. High responsibility, high self-esteem. Low responsibility, low self-esteem. 
low self-confidence, low potential for uh, realizing all that's possible for you. So we say the important key is this. You are always free to choose the quality of your emotional life. You're always free to choose the quality of your emotional life, your physical life, and your financial life. Now, this is, is quite a remarkable thing. Is It's your choice. Um, Barbara and I realized this many years ago. We, Our daughter, Christina, confronted us and said, you know, you, she was a 13, 14, attractive, blonde, beautiful girl. Fathers have a sort of a soft spot for their daughters because fathers spend the first half of their lifetimes trying to get other people's daughters to do what we try to talk our daughters out of doing for the second half of our lifetime. Um, and so we know that boys are no damn good. And we were, <laughs> and so we're trying to protect Christina. And she sat us down and she lectured to us like we had been brought home from the home and we were just being lectured to us as, as not very, very intelligent adults. She said, look, you can't watch me all the time. So I'll setting up all these boundaries and markers and do this and you must call me here and everything else. You can't watch me all the time. I'm going to make my own decisions. You just have to trust that you've raised me well enough so that I'll make good decisions for myself. And Barbara and I realized that, that she was right. And we said, okay, from now on, you make your own decisions and whatever decisions you make will support you 100%. And that's just become the mantra in our family. Whatever decisions you make, we support you 100%. And I have a little joke with my children. I say, I've never forced you to do anything, and I've never forbidden you to do anything. And they have to agree. I've never forced you. You must do this. And I've never forbidden you. You cannot do that. Unless, of course, they want to spend enormous amounts of my money, <laughs> in which case we just have to have a longer conversation. Uh, but I've always encouraged them to make their own decisions. And I'm not always agreed with their decisions, but I always back them 100%. And most of the decisions that they've made have turned out to be very good decisions. It's amazing how good the, their decisions are when they are responsible for making their own decisions. And wouldn't you agree with that? Uh, would you agree? Okay. Um, my son is here, and he told me not to call him out, so I won't mention. <laughs> so I won't mention that he's here. I won't mention that, that my son is here. He he could be sitting right next to you. You never know which one he is in this room. All right, so. You're always free to choose the quality. You're always free to make your own decisions. And that's important. You mean, I can make my own decisions? Yes, you can make your own decisions. When I was growing up, I was always told, do this, do that, do this, do that. And I hated it. And so in my family, everybody's encouraged to make their own decisions. And my deal is, whatever decision you make, I back you 100%. And there's nothing more wonderful, I think, than for people to know that the important people in their lives back them 100%. Does that mean that you always make good decisions? No but you always know that you're back to 100%. And you know that if it's your decision and it doesn't work out, they'll change that decision very fast. They will, they will reverse themselves very quickly if it's their decision. Thank you for tuning in. Continue strengthening your mind by listening to our other episodes.